this series Fight Club just to give you uh, some pr a premise for us to build on as we go into this series for this month because we're going to be in here every week this month. You know, we believe that it's God's desire for us to be in a place where we are holistically prospering. Everybody say holistically prospering. See, the thing is that many of us, when we think about Christianity, for example, we usually will think our, our perspective is one dimensional. We usually think about ourselves just spiritually. But how many of you know that you're not just spirit? You're also, in fact, this is good enough to say, some of you may have heard this, maybe hearing this for the first time. Uh, some of you, this may be a reiteration, but I think that it's important for you to hear it and to know this. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. There it is. One more time. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. And so this body is a house for my, for my spirit, which is the immaterial part of me. When you pass away, your spirit disconnects from your body. Because the essence of who you are is ultimately your spirit. Your soul, everybody say soul, is the seat of your will and your emotions. And all of these things, the Bible would often uh, use the word heart for these things, right? For the soulish aspects of us. And so your, when it comes to your, 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 your mind, your will, your emotions is your soul. Who you are in essence is your spirit and it's housed in your body. And often we are to the place where we just think of ourselves and our Christianity and God's desire for us in a one dimensional manner. But God's desire, I want to show you in the text, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And this is us just setting, again, I want this to be at the substratum of, our, uh, of, our, of this series as we move forward. So you understand where it is that I'm coming from and what I'm challenging you around in terms of holistic prosperity. Because prosperity is not just in reference to money. It's not just in reference. You can, you can be broke financially but wealthy in family in fact it's some people right now that would kill come on somebody for the family that you have when you would kill for the money they have because wealth is not just one dimensional it's not homogenous so look first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 this is paul's declaration over the church at thessalonica he says now may the god of peace himself sanctify or set apart set you apart or or uh, position you in a place of where god is formed uh, in and out of you he says would he sanctify you completely everybody say completely or wholly is the word there completely entirely and then he goes on and he says and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he goes, he says, I want God to sanctify you wholly or completely. And the word for holy there, because this is uh, the, this, the New Testament is written in the Greek. And Paul is writing there the word for wholeness or entirety uh, is holateles. Holateles. Everybody say holateles. We're learning Greek together. And this word is holy entirely, complete in all respects, complete in all 
respect. And so his desire is not for you just to prosper spiritually. His desire is not just for you to be in a place where you're, where you're prospering in your knowledge of scripture. And in your, and in your, your knowledge of, of, of God and being a part of a church family and in worship and all of this. God's desire is for you to prosper emotionally. Come on, somebody. Can I just set this thing up? His desire is for you to prosper mentally. One more time, say holistically. Holistically. This is his desire. Now, the, on the contrawise, the enemy's desire is for us to experience destruction. He doesn't want us to prosper holistically. He wants us to be in a place where we experience destruction. This is why the Bible declares in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus then declares and says, but I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly so this month we're going to be talking today we're going to be dealing with it in a general sense but over the next few weeks we're going to be unpacking how it is that god's desire is for you and i to prosper in a holistic sense and watch this see the fact of the matter is that some of us won't even allow a bully to steal your lunch but you walking around here with all this power and victory that the Lord has given you and you're allowing the enemy to whoop your tail. Come on. And I wonder if there's anybody in this place that knows that your future is worth fighting for. I didn't mean for the preach to creep up so early, but I wonder if it's anybody that says I'm tired of lying down and rolling over and allowing the enemy to run roughshod in my life when God's desire for me is to walk in a place of abundance. Don't don't waste the cross. Jesus died on the cross, not so you could walk around like a wuss, but Jesus died and provisioned you with power so that you could experience each and everything that he desired. I wonder if there's one or two people in this place that say you know what i'm to the place where it's time for me to fight stop complaining about what the enemy is doing we got to get to the place where we utilize that which god has provisioned for us through the cross this is why we believe that this church god's saying serve city and the body of christ you need to we need to become a fight club come on somebody fight club is a place where 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 there is where you sharpen yourselves and you prepare yourselves for battle and and where where sparring takes place and growth takes place and all this sorts of stuff and so we're believing that we i'm just declaring it over our church that we are a church that god is getting ready to move to a place where we are getting on the offense instead of always waiting and acting in a knee-jerk sort of a fashion here it is watch this even as last night i was in prayer and preparing to come this morning the lord put begin to put over my heart and i believe and I, I want you to receive this hear me this is also a prophetic house and god speaks and i want to encourage you to receive this and, and and declare this and walk this out over your life because the lord showed me he said if they would watch this take to heart the things that are being declared and steward that which you have in your life right now these are the benefits that are going to happen this year. God says that there's no more playing catch up. Look, this is what the Lord put on my heart. It says there's no more playing catch up. Some of you guys are in a place where you always feel like you're playing catch up. You're always in check to check. Come on, somebody. You're always in a position where you never have enough. 
And many of you, you may have grown up in church environments which have told you that God's desire, you know, you need to be more like Jesus and Jesus walked around and didn't have a place for his head to lay and all this stuff. How many of you know that Jesus didn't do that solely because he wanted you to do it, but he did it so that you wouldn't have to walk in a place where you have nothing and where you're not positioned to be able to bless the world. Come on, somebody in this place. That is a gross misrepresentation of the desire and the purpose of Christ. Not everybody is going to be a millionaire, but the fact of the matter is that God's desire is that wherever you are, that you're in a place of abundance to be able to be a blessing to those who are around you. And watch this. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Oh, that's Bible too. Because see, some people, you want to have this poverty mentality and you pick and choose scriptures, but forget about the others. Listen, my children are not going to be out begging bread. I'm going to be declaring, I'm just like David, I've never seen, I wonder if it's anybody, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his, is there anybody else other than me that's that going to declare that over your life? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You better live today like the generations after you are depending on what you do today God says no more catch-up watch this to those who will walk in stewardship no more catch-up you're not and, and and watch this you know and this is the specific scenario that came in my head you know there's some of you that are scared about your about what you get watch this and you're walking in fear because as soon as you get something usually what happens is that you lose probably two more things and you're in a position where you feel like you're never getting ahead. Anybody else feel like wheels are always spinning? And you feel like you're putting a lot of, I know I got a witness, you feel, you feel like wheels are spinning and turning. Now I just take a moment to just declare this over the house. And I believe that the wheels are going to stop. That it's, gonna, it's no longer going to be like you turning wheels on ice or in the mud. God, I heard the Lord say that in this moment as we move forward, watch this, that the drain is going to be plugged. Specifically, that was what I heard. The drain is going to be plugged. It's like when stuff comes into you, it drains out. And some of you, you're in a position where you're like, man, I'm not progressing. And I just begun to see in the spirit of bathtub with the drain being plugged so that you can retain. I believe that you're getting ready and I declare it over you. You're getting ready to retain funds and finances as you put the Lord first and steward what God has put in you. As you raise up and you fight. See, some of y'all think this is patty cake, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring this over you. And I want you to receive this. The drain will be plugged as you put the Lord first. The there won't be any more hole in your bucket there, Liza there Liza it's getting ready to be time for you to progress is there anybody that's tired of just paying catch up and living month to month it's time God's desire is for you to live in a place of abundance and prosperity I declare it the drain will be plugged in your relationships that you're not going to be taken wasting your time and, and affection any longer I'm believing that there is fulfillment and there's prosperity even in the area of relationship he who has an ear to hear let him hear let her hear this is it man the enemy his desire and many of you you've been being whooped from generation to generation the fight was here even before you got here and the lord is saying that it's time for the buck to stop with you god is saying it's time for you to be the one that raises up and says it's no, this far and no further who am i talking to this morning god is saying that it's time for this to transpire watch this i want to give you this this food for thought here it is point number one here we go christianity is not supposed to be synonymous with passivity 
There are many of us that think that we are supposed to be weak and that we're supposed to just stand there and allow the enemy to whoop us. And you know, well, the Bible talks about suffering and the Bible tells us that there's a benefit. And yes, there is a blessing in suffering. Come on. But God's desire is not for you to stand there and let the devil knock you out. Come on, somebody. And too many of us have been passive and we've been standing there when in actuality, God's desire is for us to take a stand. And see, the thing is, the problem with Christians is that we often fight for and over the wrong things so the issue in many cases is not that we're uh, not fighting but it's that we're fighting for the wrong things we're fighting for things that Jesus is not passionate about yeah. or we're fighting with one another come on somebody especially in the body of Christ at large fighting for stuff that Jesus doesn't even care about Je you're, oh, no, I don't have the time and when we're supposed to be fighting with the strip club, we're out here fighting with somebody else's church or other Christians because they do things different than the way that we do them. Come on. But we've got to get to the place. Watch this where the apostle Paul, as he says in first Corinthians nine, as we were talking about, he says, I'm not like a boxer that's shadow boxing. I'm not beating against the air. I'm in a place where I'm intentional. I'm not just fighting, but I'm fighting for and over the right things. And I have a focus and I'm ready. Watch this. So I want to talk about this. This is kind of the premise for this series. And so I'm going to just spend a few moments just dealing with you in, in, uh, in regards to a few things. And, and it pertains to having, and this is the Lord keeps bringing me here, man, every year. And he'll bring me here at the top of the year, especially as it pertains to our discernment, as it pertains to as, as it relates rather to us walking as individuals who are part of God's fight club, as it pertains to being people who are on the offense. We've got to walk in a place of discernment. Everybody say discernment. discernment. I want to start by just encouraging you on, you know, yesterday uh, we were by the house. And we, you know, like a lot of you, we were lounging and preparing ourselves to begin the day. And, you know, during the holiday season, the holidays are over and the school, your kids go back to school as of tomorrow and everything is done. My wife said, hallelujah. <laughs> now, this is the thing, right? So my son ran into the room. My son Noah ran into the bedroom and he's like, dad, he's like, Gabriel called me a big boy, right? And immediately in my head, I'm like, okay. I'm like, so what? You know? And he's, he's mad and he's upset and all of this. And I just figured he called him a big boy, big guy, whatever. It didn't make any sense. It didn't have any, uh, there was no implication to me that this was a problem or that this was problematic. And he's like, huh? and he got mad. I was like, no, stop it, man. It's just foolishness. That's what I was telling him. Just stop getting on with foolishness, right? And so he left and then Gabriel comes in and Gabriel comes in smiling and smirking like what he always asked the question what what I do and Noah ends up coming and explaining to me that in Gabriel calling him big boy that he was calling him fat and so he was making fun of him in him saying or calling him a big boy now to me I didn't see the problem in what was said at face value but what what the case was was that there was something beyond the words that Noah said that Gabriel said to Noah that Gabriel knew exactly don't go and tell him I'm talking about them okay 
He knew exactly what to say to Noah to get under his skin. And so Noah was able to look beyond the surface of what was said to discern that there was something deeper and that those were them was fighting words. And that Gabriel was actually trying to get under his skin and was picking a fight with him. Come on. And so this is where I'm going. I, I want us to understand as we're talking about going into a fight, being a part of the fight club and getting on the offense and holistically prospering. You and I, we have to be cognizant of the attacks of the enemy. And many of us, the reason why we've been getting whooped and why we have not been experiencing victory and breakthrough is because we're looking at the surface, come on somebody, and we're not realizing that there's more than meets the eye in the situations that we're facing. And here, here I believe because God is calling us to be individuals that are cognizant and are aware, spiritually aware of what's going on. I want us to look at the book of Matthew. What book did I say? Matthew chapter 4, Jesus has an encounter, and I think it's, it's, it's a blessing to us to look at it. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 10, it's going to be up on the screens for you. Bible says, then Jesus was led, this is the temptation of Christ, known as the temptation of Christ. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Bible says, and after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Here it is. The spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. He's in a position where he is going to be tempted. This is crazy because some of us, we don't think that God will lead us or allow us to get into places of difficulty. But even Jesus shows us this example. He's sent into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and he's in a position of hunger. And Satan comes to him and says, but he, uh, and, and tells him to turn stones into bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. First of all, I want to do this because a lot of times we just read stuff into scripture and I like looking at things and taking a deeper look at stuff. Did the Bible say, right, that Jesus knew, and we know that he's Jesus, but he's just coming off a of fast. Remember, he's fully God and he's fully man. Did the devil show up and say, I'm the devil? Did the text say that the devil showed up with uh, horns in his head and a pitchfork and, a, and a, a dragon's tail? No, he shows up to a person who is in a position of desperation. Are you tracking with me? And on the surface, he's like, I'm going to hit you in the area where you are desperate. And I'm going to present you something, watch this, that you actually have the capability of walking out. The enemy is oftentimes not going to attack us, I want you to hear this, in the areas that you are incapable Sometimes he'll come to you and he'll attack you in an area that you actually have the ability to carry out what he's proposing. Wow, wow. Oh my, I just want you to hear this. <sighs> are, you, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of a temple. So this is probably a dude because the Bible says that the devil will present himself in many cases as an angel of light. 
And so Jesus apparently is in this position where he's out here having a combo with this person and he's walking with him. And they eventually even get up to the pinnacle of where he's at. The Bible says he, the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Now, so he says, look, Jesus used scripture the last attack. So the devil goes, okay, so this time I'm going to use scripture too. He said, doesn't the Bible say it is he will command his angels concerning you? Don't you? You got to realize that sometimes the biggest attacks that will come in your life are biblical. And sometimes the devil will keep you and put you in bondage to things that are in scripture by taking scripture out of context. There are people right now that are in bondage all through the body of Christ in the name of the Bible. Because they picked and chose a scripture or some denomination. Oh man, I hope you're grabbing this stuff. Some denomination was established based on a misinterpretation of scripture and is literally enforcing bondage upon people. And they think that they're right because it's in the Bible. Oh, are you hearing this? And so Satan's like, all right, you want to use the Bible? I see your Bible and I raise you Bible out of context. <laughs> and so this is imperative. This is imperative. Watch this. And he says, on their hands, they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil took him to a very high mountain. See, the devil often is not going to tempt you in the valley. Sometimes the greatest attacks of the enemy will come. Notice two of the attacks. One was on the pinnacle and now one's up on a mountain. Sometimes the greatest, the most difficult place to maintain victory in your life is not in the time of difficulty. Because it's in the time of difficulty that we lift up our voices usually and cry out to God. But how many of you know that sometimes the biggest difficulty is when God actually begins to open some doors for you. And the enemy takes him, watch this, to the pinnacle of a mountain. And tells him, in this moment, he says, he says when he takes him up, uh, he says, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. And note this, he's, the enemy will often attack us with the things that we already have. The devil, and he try to make us doubt the fact that we already have what he's offering us. So look, Jesus, the Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it on the floods. This, this, this is what the Bible says in regards to the Lord. And Satan takes him up and says, he's doubting, he's challenging him to doubt who he is and what he already has. And is telling him in this position that if he gives himself, if he gives, if he worships him, that he is going to give him something that he already has access to. That Jesus then says, be gone, Satan. Notice, Satan does not say, I'm Satan. Jesus could have been walking with a dude having a conversation that he bucked upon as he came from fasting. But in that moment, as the guy is talking 
as this being, this individual is talking, Jesus is testing everything he says with the word. And when he recognizes, oh, are you with me? That what he is saying is out of line with God's word and out of context. He then recognizes, hold up, this is Satan. And I believe that although he was Jesus and he knew this, that it's rendered in this fashion for us to note the pattern of how we're supposed to deal with things that come our way and are often attacks of the enemy. When he recognizes that it's Satan, he then says, be gone, Satan. He doesn't say, oh, I don't want to hurt this guy's feelings. He just might be some, oh, y'all don't want to be real with me. He just might be somebody that, you know, is just trying to navigate. And he's just, he's still, you know, we're all on this journey, brother. And we're just, you know, we're going to work our way through this thing together. And, you know, somewhere over the rainbow. No, he says, guess what? When I recognize that you are the devil, he says, be gone, Satan. Come on, get thee. I like King James. Get thee behind me, Satan. Come on, somebody. And there are many of you, the enemy has been presenting himself to you through temptation. And the fact of the matter is that you have been to a place where you have been, it's been revealed who he is. But instead of getting on the offense and instead of taking a stand, you have decided to stand there and to continue to take what it is. Come on, somebody that he's been bringing your way because you scared about offending folk. But I wonder if there's anybody that said, I would rather walk in a place where somebody is offended or somebody is upset because my freedom and my breakthrough and that of the generations that are attached to me mean more to me than they their comfort and so look I love it because Jesus raises up fam and some of you you need to get a raise up in your spirit when you realize you know that the devil's whooping your kids and you just sitting there looking cute come on God you, you, you got to get a raise up in your spirit when you see the devil on your children they might bat away your hands but they can't bat away your prayers come on somebody and you got to get to the place your loved ones that you see some of y'all your loved ones are trapped by alcoholism and you've been looking at you joining in the gossip with your family and talking about how they throwing away their lives instead of hitting your knees and raising up come on, come on somebody and standing against the attack of the enemy and I wonder if it's one or two people in this place that I said I'm a part of the fight club it's time for me to raise up come on somebody you ought to just put them up right here come on you you, you ought to just put them up just put them up you, yeah, I'm a part of the fight club here it is point number one or point number two it's what you got to understand you've got to test what you've heard with God's word this is what Jesus shows us he's testing he's saying okay as this person is talking to me, he's demonstrating to us how we're supposed to deal with what we hear. Too many of us, we're so willing to accept and walk in what it is that we have been presented as opposed to being in a position where we are testing what we hear with God's word. God went to so much trouble over about 1500 year period of time on the continents of Asia, Africa and Europe through over 40 authors writing, many of them never physically meeting yet writing in harmony with one, with one another in three languages, Greek, Hebrew and Aramaic 
to get this message to you and to I. Come on, somebody. And if Jesus is willing to go through all of that and preserve it to where we have more copies of the New Testament than many of the documents like Plato and Socrates and all of these writers that we don't refute whether or not they are legitimate authors or not. Jesus went through all of that to give us this, not for us to put it in the back burner and let it collect dust but as a filter for us to be able to walk out what it is that God has called us to. It's why the Bible, it's why the Bible declares in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, write it down, as we're talking about being individuals who are rising up and being on the offense. The word of God, he says, when he talks about us preparing ourselves for battle, he says that we've got to take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. So it's our, it's God's desire for us to fight with the word. The Bible says, uh, David, David declares and makes it clear in Psalm 119 verse 11. He said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David declares this because he realizes when, if, notice, did Jesus have a physical Bible when he was dealing with the devil? Was Jesus like, hold up devil, let me just look, no. See, the thing is, it's important for us. This is people, and I, I say it all the time. I don't, I, don't, I don't just, I don't memorize scripture to be braggadocious or to make you feel cool about me because I know scripture or to sound cool. But I have this thing in my heart, man, because listen, the enemy is not making sport, y'all. And the fact of the matter is that we got to get to the place where we have this thing in us. Come on. So when we're in the grocery store and the devil sends that person about yay high and about here and about and, and they decide to walk by and y'all don't know what I'm talking about that's you and you're married come on somebody that in the grocery aisle y'all don't want to be real with me that you can call up the scripture oh, I keep it real y'all y'all <laughs> you can call up the word come on and you can be to a place where you're able to declare God's word so you don't get to a place of sinning against God the devil tells you oh it's just a look you can say well no devil Matthew chapter 5 Jesus says that if I lust in my heart after a woman come on that it's the same as committing act, the act of adultery because where does adultery take place first in the heart oh my y'all uh, so 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 it's imperative for us oh this is this is this is good man i want you to get this this is why he says i hide his word in my heart we got more netflix come on in our heart than god's word many of us you can quote scripture you can quote movie lyrics and song lyrics and you don't know the word and you've been a y'all don't want to be real with me It's Friday night and I feel all right. And you're, we're out here singing songs and you know all the 90s and all this stuff. And, you, and, and I'm telling you, God's desire, and this is not to bash you or to belittle you or put you down. But I'm saying it's time for you and I to raise up. Are you with me? Look, so we got to be in, we got to be to the place where we have discernment. Look, 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 in the book of Acts chapter 16. What book did I say? Acts chapter 16, you got to use discernment as it pertains to the fight. You got to know when somebody's picking a fight with you. Just as Noah knew that Gabriel was picking a fight with him in that moment, we've got to know this. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18, the Bible says, here it is. The Bible says, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. Another, she was able, she was Acts chapter 16, verse 16 and onward. She was able, watch this, she brought her owners much 
gain or money by fortune telling. So they're essentially pimping out this girl who is possessed by the devil and the ability to fortune tell. The, the people who tell fortunes are filled with the spirit of divination. It's a mockery. It's a God mockery, God mocking spirit. It, it is a spirit just for some of you who think psychics are OK and fortune tellers are OK. And you wonder why is it that they know things about you? It's because they have a spirit of divination where the devil can give them the ability to see things about you, but it's always limited. Are you with me? And so she's bringing her, 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 these people much gain by her fortune telling. And then watch this. The Bible says, uh, the, the, the Bible says she followed verse 17, Paul and Silas crying out, these men are horrible. Crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaimed to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Are you seeing this? Look, look, look. So she's coming, affirming who they are. She's not lying about them. They are servants of the most high God. Oh, are you seeing this? She's not like, y'all are horrible. So she's applauding them for their work. Watch this. And she kept doing this. And Paul, having become greatly annoyed, Bible says, turned and said to the spirit there, Paul had a razor. He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. She, he, he was annoyed. See, sometimes annoyance that happens in your life is not ungodly. Sometimes the annoyance that God will cause to happen in your life is not because it's meant to be ungodly, but sometimes it's to provoke you to the place where you raise up and you get so exasperated, watch this, by what the devil is doing that you say, this far, no further, I'm not having any more. Devil, you can't have any place in my house. Come on, somebody. There's rooms in here and none of them is for you. Come on, somebody. And you got to tell him, open up those windows like my mom would call it fumigation. Open the windows and walk around there with the blood of Jesus talking about the blood, the blood, the blood y'all don't know nothing about that, the blood, the blood get out of here devil, doesn't matter how you came in, the same way you better get out but look she wasn't saying negative stuff this is why you need to have discernment, can I give you point number three watch this, sometimes affirmation and applause are an attack Sometimes affirmation, she's going around saying, yo, these people are servants of the most high God. She's declaring stuff that is truth. Come on. And applauding them and affirming them. And there are many people in your life. That's why, see, everybody say, oh, good word, pastor. I'm so grateful for what you said. That don't mean that you respect me or that you actually have my back. Come on, somebody. And that's why I'm not moved by accolades and I'm not moved. I love the claps and I love the shouts and all that. That's wonderful. But the fact of the matter is not everybody that's shouting Hosanna now is in the place where they're not going to turn around and shout crucify him 
And some of you watch this. The reason why affirmation and applause is an attack because it's moved you to a place of complacency because the people in your life are not challenging you to go forward and you your fly is down and there's booger hanging out your nose, but they're not willing to tell you, yo, you got to go blow your nose. Here's a Kleenex. Come on, somebody. Hey, you're flying low. You might want to pull that up or they want to make you tell. See, we only got chair leaders, a lot of us in our lives when in actuality, not only do they got the devil, but you are in a place of complacency and you're not growing because you won't raise up. Am I in the text? So he says, she's running around saying this stuff. So we got to be to a place where we realize that affirmation and applause are often an attack. This is, this is, this is the case. And so we've got to, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, write it down, verse 1 through 10. He talks about how he doesn't want us to be ignorant as it pertains to spiritual gifts. Because discernment, watch this. Discernment is a manifestation or a gift of the Holy Spirit. The way that he works and manifests in us, it's one of those gifts and manifestations of the Spirit that all of us can have access to. And he tells us, and, and the word he uses uh, when he talks about discernment, especially, it's more literally saying distinguishing of spirits. Where you're able to walk through life and you don't just take everything at face value. Where you test it with God's word because what Jesus is doing is never going to contradict his word. And when you figure it out, watch this, you're going to be able to discern through this the ability. You're going to have the ability spiritually to discern and distinguish. Some people, they might be reaching out to you and you think that they're reaching out to you just because they want to be annoying. But in actuality, there's a spirit of suicide behind them. And some of us, we don't find out till it's too late because you were in the flesh because, and you blocked them when you needed to actually open up the opportunity because God was putting you in their life to distinguish that there was a spirit of suicide and he was going to use you as a catalyst for deliverance in their life. Oh, I just want to help somebody today. And so we got to be to the place where we walk in this. Bible makes it clear that the apostle... Jesus tells the Apostle Peter, before he's the Apostle Peter, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, after Peter confesses that he is Lord, and he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus says, on this rock, not on Peter, but he's saying on himself, Petra in the Greek, he says, I will build my church. Watch this. And the gates of hell. Oh, I want you to hear me in the spirit. The gates of hell will not prevail against him he's going to build his build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it i want you to hear me 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 because watch this notice our when last have gates ever got up and whooped somebody have you ever seen gates get up and whoop somebody no gates are a form of security and so he's saying and, and literally there was a place that was known as this in the time that Jesus is speaking of. However, spiritually he's also saying that the gates and the security that hell has, the fence, the security system will not prevail against God's church. In other words, this is a command for us to get in a place of offense. 
He's not saying that we are to the place where the gates of hell are not going to whoop our tail, but more so the gates of hell won't keep us back from plundering and going in. Come on, taking back the things that the devil has stolen from us and positioning us for a place of success. And so I want you to understand that God's desire is for us to be to a place where we move beyond straddling the fence. Here's point number four. God's desire for us is, watch this, get off the fence and get on the offense. Stop being on the, in a place of indecision. Stop, you know when you get on the fence and you, when you, with, with ball games, we'll often look, we'll look through the fence at who's playing, but many of us never get in the game. And Jesus is saying, get off the fence. Come on, somebody. Get off the fence and, and stop making complaints and, and stop talking about who you are and what you don't have and realize that what God has called you to is not based upon who you are and based upon what you have or don't have, but it's based upon who he is. Who's with me today? The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And you know what this meant because many people we read this and we're like what does it mean is this no he's saying the kingdom suffered back for, he says from the time of john the baptist who was the greatest prophet till now the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force he's saying the vagabonds and the people who are on the outskirts who were never expected because of their position or because of their sin to be to a place where they would accept the kingdom he's saying that the kingdom is so attractive that the violent are taking it it's suffering violence the people who were considered not worthy of receiving it and all that it has to offer are taking it by force and this is also a challenge and an encouragement and a rebuke to those of us who know about the kingdom but are not walking in what it is that God has for us who are not walking in a place of abundance and prosperity as God has called us to and so today I want to call you into the fight club I want to call those of you who are in a place where you are making excuses and gall you to a place where you realize that it's time for you to get on the offense and stop making excuses. It's time for you to look beyond the surface. It's time to get into the fight. I read this this week and my wife sent this to me. You said you couldn't read. I showed you Floyd Mayweather and Fantasia. You said you were homeless. I showed you Tyler Perry and Tiffany Haddish. You said you thought you couldn't get past the dark place. I showed you Jennifer Hudson. You said you were nothing but a drug addict. I showed you Samuel L. Jackson. You said your parents would hinder your opportunities. I showed you Winnie Harlow and Lizzo. You said you were molested. I showed you Oprah Winfrey. You said nobody could beat cancer. I showed you Robin Roberts. You said life was over because you had you were HIV positive. I showed you Magic Johnson. You said the odds were against you because you were adopted. I showed you Nelson Mandela. You said nobody would listen because of your speech impediment. I showed you TD Jakes. You said you can't leave the streets. I showed you Jay-Z. You said you were cheated on and it crushed you. I showed you Beyonce. You said your father wasn't around and your mom struggled. I showed you LeBron James. You said mixed kids never really fit in. I showed you Barack Obama. You said you were too old and your time was up. I showed you Tiger Woods. Truth is, 
I'm tired of giving you examples of every excuse you come up with to keep you from moving forward. Let me know when, you're, when you get serious about winning. The cross shows us that no matter how you started, even if you're in a bootleg, back of yard manger, and you full of all of this purpose and you're the king of the world, but you start in a manger. Jesus shows us after he went to the cross and fulfilled the purpose, and he was hung high and stretched wide, and they put a crown of 72 thorns in his head and they whipped him in his back with a cat of nine tails, which is broken bone and stones and seashells and ripped out chunks of his back. And he died and he rose from death and now has ascended back to heaven and is the soon coming king. Jesus shows us and the gospel shows us that don't matter who you are, how you start, or what your experience is, that God, if you would raise up, can take that hand that you've been dealt and make you win with it. Somebody that was blessed by this, go ahead and give the Lord praise.